Guess what, cinephiles? I've just heard something absolutely mind-blowing. Okay, so you know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a tiny fraction of what Netflix actually has. Netflix actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only like 6,000 of those are available in the U.S., so you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows, unless you use ExpressVPN. Yeah, Steve, ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location. So like, for example, if you're looking for stuff that's from another country, you're based here in the United States, you actually change your online location to Australia or the UK so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have over 100 different locations. They're on ExpressVPN. So you can, you can gain access to like thousands of of new shows no matter where you live. And this works with many other streaming services too there. You guys have Disney Plus or Hulu or Max or the BBC iPlayer, which is the one I use. I know I've used ExpressVPN to connect to Australia because I really love this show called Have You Been Paying Attention? I just put myself in Melbourne and I get access to it. You sign up using your email, but you immediately get access to the stuff. I've used the BBC iPlayer to watch a number of shows there on the BBC like Law & Order UK and others. And sometimes this show Guilty that I love that uh, screens there when the new seasons pop up, because it takes like four months to get them on PBS, I watch them there using ExpressVPN. And it's incredible how easy it is and how simple it is to use. So why should you use ExpressVPN? Well, first of all, it is super fast. That means you can stream everything in HD with no buffering. It works on any device. So I'm an Apple guy, which means I've already installed it on my Mac, on my iPhone, on my iPad, and on my Apple TV. I'd install it on my Apple Watch if I could, and it encrypts your data. Now, this is hugely important because it protects your privacy and your security to keep you safe from hackers. So stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you guys three extra months of free use when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash cinephiles. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S to get three extra months completely free. everyone and welcome to the next episode here in the oscar series on the outlaw nation we are getting closer and closer to that big day on sunday for the oscars and i am joined once again by my cinephiles co-host and friend in life uh steve morris uh we're talking about don't look up today first of all steve how are you how are things <laughs> uh things are good things yeah. are good i know i was complaining about my back it is almost all better good. uh that's good i'm editing some star trek and Ooh. Getting ready to record some more Do the Right Thing with you. So it's a busy, complicated day. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I just finished doing some Geek Buddy stuff myself. Got to shoot our stuff, shoot, uh, or record our stuff for, for Do the Right Thing, and then record a video of me building a chair for this company, E-Win Racing, which has uh, sent me a chair to try out a gaming chair. Oh, a gaming chair. First time I've ever shot a chair for, or shot a video of myself building a chair. I'm a little nervous how I'm going to come across. Uh, as I'm not the most um, technologically proficient person when it comes to tools. And I like to build stuff, but I like to take my time. So definitely there'll be some fast motion uh, photography on this one for sure. Steve. Can, can you imagine if you were to go back in time to little Johnny Roca, maybe oh. John Roca in the army or John Roca at Florida State and said, listen, sure. someday <laughs> you are going to be filming yourself building a chair. 
so that people on this thing called the internet can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be a, a senator or a president. I'm just going to be building this. Yes, that's what you're going to be. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do for your life. And that's you're going to be really grateful yeah, for the opportunity. Yeah, the of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah, so today we're getting into Don't Look Up, this... Um, how would I say this? This certainly treatise on the human current human condition from Adam McKay, this parody that borders on not being a parody uh, here that explores a uh, extinction level event with an asteroid that is coming hurling towards Earth and people's reaction to it. It's a who's who of actors here with Leonardo oh, yeah. DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate uh, Blanchett, Tyler Perry, jo- uh, J- Jonah Hill there. Uh, uh, Rob Morgan and of course the great uh, Meryl Streep being a part of this and Steve it is a very current current uh, film maddeningly topical film yet there has been a backlash against this movie uh, and some frust from both sides of the political spectrum by the way so talk to me what did you think what do you think what are your thoughts about Don't Look Up here from writer-director Adam McKay who also did the big short in Vice recently I think that there is more talent involved in this movie and more talent doing showing how damn talented they are in a movie that in the final analysis doesn't actually work that well for me. Okay. Like, yeah, please go like I, I, I get it. I get what you're going for. And there are moments in the movie that I'm like, this is amazing. And the, yeah. the performances top to bottom are like incredible. Yeah. But it, uh, the, the big thing to me is there's, there's a point where, the political point of the movie wags the dog yes is that i get that you i totally understand your point i agree with your point but there's a certain point where where it just becomes like i really want to get this across rather than i really want to follow my characters and the story and what is dramatic that that's how i felt about it but it's not that i didn't enjoy it but but at the end there were big sections of it that really lost me yeah, you know, yesterday I drove back and forth uh, to L.A. to host a show and then right, went right into a screening. So I thought this morning I would wake up and be supremely exhausted. But no, for some reason I woke up at 6 a.m. and I had enough sleep. And I was like, well, you know what? Why don't I pop this on again and watch it? And maybe I'll have a different point of view by the time I finish watching it a second time. But I didn't. And the thing is, I agree with you, Steve, 100%. I was hoping this was – it starts out really well. I think the first really well. 30 minutes, you were hooked. You're like, okay, this is going to be a fun exploration. This is going to have the occasional dark humor. But this is also going to be really, really interesting. And as it went along, I was like, oh, wow, we're doing, we're doing the, um, the, the low-hanging fruit. We're doing. Yep. We're taking the easy shots. There's no nuance here. It's very surface. It's very overt. You understand. You're at times being beaten over the head with it. And I think this is what Donald Trump has done to these people and the and the right wing and the look political landscape. Whatever whatever side you're on, is it is demanding that artists that have gotten away with uh, playing it like this with the tongue firmly planted in their cheek and thinking they're being smart. It has forced them to up their game. And if they don't up their game because of the ridiculousness going on in politics now, it's very evident that uh, you're not you're not stepping up to uh, have a more uh, intelligent, interesting or nuanced take on what is happening. You're just hitting all the same beats that we already see being reported on places like CNN or New York Times or Fox News or any of these other places that we can go see for ourselves so why do a movie like this that's so obvious rather than some rather than something that leaves us thinking a bit more? 
And that's what I felt even watching, even more so watching it a second time. It's such a weird thing because I totally get what he was going for. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, and it's very much Dr. Strangelove is the, right. you know, because I remember when we Good did point. Strangelove is, is that the origin is that Kubrick wanted to make a serious film yeah. and they spent months and months trying to write a serious film. And every time they got to it, they started laughing. And then Kubrick finally went, you know what? Us hurtling towards our own destruction is funny. And so he made a comedy. Right. And like, I, this is exactly the same idea, but the difference is, is I think, is that for the most part in in Strange Love, everyone is playing it totally straight. Yeah, nobody is playing it for last, and the discomfort comes from how real it feels. Yeah, you know what I mean. When when he's on the phone with the president of Russia, and he's and the guy's drunk, and he's trying to talk to him, and it just feels like so painfully real and that's where it's funny whereas yeah. this made sort of the opposite choices it went to kind of ridiculous levels and it lost that thing it also is surprising to me by the way shocking even yeah. that this movie was developed and written and about to go into production before covid because covid wow. you know is this thing where literally millions of people are dying and the president is ignoring it and like yeah. you know there there's so so the idea you know people say have the expression you or if people have said you can no longer use the expression i'd avoid it like the plague because <laughs> clearly we don't yeah. and so it's not know. that i don't believe that the human race is as ridiculous as this movie yeah. but it just it just doesn't hit right for a lot of it for me. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, there are some. I mean, you've got the Ariana Grande stuff on the on the uh, set there, and the way she kind of has the back. People were like, "Oh, she's so great in this movie," and I just didn't see it. And that song was super annoying. And I get that it's supposed to be super annoying, but like by the time it, it, it splits into who's right and who's wrong here, you actually don't care because the guy on the who's the on the who's right side has been cheating on his wife with Kate Blanchett, but, but which by the way, is not even remotely like there's not even a struggle. It just all of a sudden happens and it's right. happening. And then they only bring his wife in to Melanie Linsky, a fantastic actress herself to come in and just kind of be the angry wife. And then later she takes him back. And I'm just like this film in its own weird way, kind of denigrates uh, women without knowing that it's denigrating women or maybe not aware of it meryl streep is played as this you know kind of seems like a red state type of uh, a leader here who's a oh, you know what she's wearing the red dress sorry leader how about this a president who is just completely caring only about percentage points and her approval rating and all this kind of jazz because she wants to maintain control uh, uh jennifer lawrence is portrayed as someone who's emotionally un 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 unaware and can't handle what's happening and explodes all the time uh, and then Melanie Linsky is played as the downtrodden wife. So, and Kate Blanchett is the user of men. So, to me, in a way, it's an anti-feminist film in some ways. If I can say that as a dude, because all these women are kind of nefarious or emotional, uh, or, or or mousy and pushed to the side. And I find that I found that to be fascinating through all of this movie. And look, nobody's nobody comes out really great on either side. Uh, but like, you know, couldn't there have been one uh, character on both sides that was a little bit uh, more aware of things, a little bit more solid? I just found that to be odd. You know, even Ariana Grande is played as kind of a ditzy pop star. You know? Well, they're all they're all kind of ridiculous characters. Yeah. And, and so, and again, yeah. these are really good actors. Yes. I mean, like I, I'm looking at my notes, and my notes is, man, Leo is an amazing actor. And then my next note was Jennifer Lawrence is great. And they yeah. are. And then when Meryl Streep shows up, I, I literally, I swear to God, this sounds ridiculous, but I literally went, wait, 
is that Meryl Streep? Yeah. Her performance was so different. It was. And it just proves it just proves to me once again that I firmly believe she is the greatest actor of all time. Hmm. Male, That's female. I, I can't, I mean, just her ability in, in all these different kinds of movies to come in and play a totally new character. Yeah. I, 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 you know, and yes, of course, there are all sorts of amazing actors that we could list that are in the, in that league, but yeah. Meryl Streep, man, she's, and she's great in this movie, Yeah, but this movie, what I think happens is the movie drifts. And part of it is that yeah. it, it, if we could really associate with Leo and Jennifer Lawrence's characters, mm -hmm. And their fight to actually save the planet. Yeah, I think it would be better. But they both become kind of ridiculous too as the movie goes on. And then where it really jump, you know, uh, jumps the shark, no, jumps the rails, whatever expression I'm looking for, is when they bring in the technology bash, Steve Jobs sort of. I just didn't care as much. And again, I understand the political point that economics and big corporations are making choices in the climate that are destroying the planet and they don't care. And that's totally true, but I wasn't involved in that story for the movie, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and by the way, and I, I apologize, there's some landscaping going on. So I'll try to mute my mic where I can, but like the, the other part of this is they're making fun of a guy whose technology, like they're essentially parodying Elon, Elon Musk or yeah. Bill Gates or Forbes or any of these people who, I'm sorry, uh, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, Steve Jobs, any of these people that have made these technical things uh, overall, yet here we are using high-end technology to make this film, high-end visual effects, high-end, all this kind of stuff. And everybody on that set probably had their phone. So it's, oh, yeah. it's an interesting to be making parody of something that you're also using. Like there's a bit of a hypocrisy in that, in my opinion, when you look at how this goes about, but you're hundred percent right. The acting here is great. Everybody here plays their Everyone. role really well. Kate Blanchett, that is absolutely a, 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 you know, a daytime anchor and Tyler Perry doing a great job as well in conveying that, hey, we just want essentially the Michael Strahan, hey, we're just going to try to coat everything in this happy kind of approach to stuff, you know. But um, and, and then seeing, of course, Jennifer Lawrence, even Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, when he comes in, does a nice job for the uh, limited amount of screen time that he gets. And Jonah Hill playing, you know, He's great. <laughs> the son, chief, essentially the Ivanka Trump of the situation here. I totally get what they were going for, but I agree with you, Steve. It does drift. Once they establish it and start to slide into parody and start to slide into the lunacy of it, it becomes so obvious, the jokes and the uh, the stuff they're trying to say that you do. You just kind of go, oh, OK, we're doing this. And so the film kind of kind of drifts for a while because they just want to make sure they hit all the points that they're trying to hit about how ridiculous our social media culture is. You know what? Again, I go back to Strange Love. Is the Peter Sellers character that he plays that's the army colonel that has to talk to the general who's gone nuts? Yeah. That guy is a completely normal human who is put in a totally bizarre situation and has to deal with a crazy person. And that is what is missing from this movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. As I was making my point about the women in the past, it could have been a woman or a man, but someone, I wanted someone to be the logical person in the room who wasn't making these mistakes, you know, and not that Jennifer Lawrence was making any mistakes, because certainly she was a logical one, but the emotional outbursts, the, the, that kind of stuff kind of shot her in the foot. And I think a woman that that intelligent would understand not to go that route. And with DiCaprio, we would hope he'd be the smart one in the room, but he goes, ends up and cheating on his wife and sleeping with the woman who's pushing this idea that it should be going down with a spoonful of sugar. So it just seemed weird. We didn't have that one, solid person all the way through that we could hang on to that could be our eyes and ears or what we think exactly. are our eyes and ears 
in the movie. That's an excellent point, Steve. Well, it's because, and it's like, I totally believe that there can be super, super smart people that are emotionally unavailable yeah, or yeah. insecure. Or that's, of course, that's all totally true. Right. But but it, we we needed an everyman is someone yep. to feel like us yes. who was just, because, and, and it really, it would make the comedy funnier because you would have a normal person observing the insanity, yeah. which at the beginning of the film, I think it was much more like that. Like this this weird scene where, you know, a general charges them 20 bucks for a snack, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's really funny because it's yeah. so, because it's, or it's normal people in this completely bizarre situation. But yeah. then what happens to Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio leads us off in a different direction, I think. Yeah. It, it it's just seems odd, you know, and it's, oh yeah, they're overusing government powers. Yeah. Okay, fine. But I think to me at the end of the day, it was about the fact that the parody doesn't go deep enough. The parody isn't more nuanced or more intelligent. Um, and unfortunately, I think that does a disservice to the film uh, overall. And it's well, I think Adam Drake, McKay rather directs the film rather well. I think that I got no complaints. He's certainly got a, a, a style that he likes to use. Um, and the way he weaves certain things in throughout the movie makes sense. But overall, I think the pacing and the overall story itself doesn't quite go as deeply as I would like it to go. And it doesn't skewer enough the liberal side of things as well as it skewers the conservative side of things. And I like to have a balance in my movies. This may be a surprise to some people who listen to our political conversation, Steve, but I like both sides to be skewered equally because certainly there's enough to be skewered on both sides if you're going to present a movie like this. It doesn't have to be you know, like overtly that uh, that equal, but it should be you should feel that there's a, sta- a substantial amount of time dedicated to one side over the other as well. It, it, it's interesting I, to me. There's a reason why my two probably favorite TV shows of all time are Star Trek, the original series and the West Wing. Mm-hmm. And in both of those shows, you have people arguing different points. Yeah. Like yeah. even though like obviously Aaron Sorkin is a liberal guy, the West Wing is a liberal show. But over and over again, particularly when Sorkin is writing it, you have a conservative come in and kick the shit out of out of the liberals. Yeah. And that's what makes the show good. If you and again, it goes to steel man versus straw man arguments is this mm-hmm. if if you just make the the other side look really really stupid yeah well yeah you can totally win but yeah. if you could present their argument in the best possible way and then win then we actually are doing something and i think right. i i think what this movie is about and 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 i this is going to sound really really uh insulting and I, I actually don't mean it that way mm-hmm. but i think this is an arrogant middle film for adam mckay yeah and i hope that he gets it he takes a step back this film you know, because he, he's really good. He's really talented. And obviously yeah. things like in the big short, like you see how his comedy chops work with him tackling these big issues. Yeah. And I think that's really great. And this movie felt to me like it was about him, you know, rather yeah. than about the movie. And uh, this I is don't... and it's the it's the it's the cardinal sin of I'm sorry. Sorry. Just to finish the, yeah. the cardinal sin of you have to follow what the movie wants to be, right. not what you want it to be, yeah. you know. It's a good point, Steve. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think he's been chasing it since the big short, because I don't think Vice was that as good as people were thinking it was either. either. Uh, but I am enjoying winning time. If I can 
advocate for Adam yeah. McCain anyway. It's that series that's now on HBO Max. I think that's the best thing he's done since the big short. Uh, and it's an interesting exploration, no holds barred exploration of the Showtime LA Lakers from the 1980s. So uh, I would recommend that over Don't Look Up. Um, and maybe, yeah, maybe this is the limits of Adam McKay, you know, because this these were the complaints on Vice that it was so overtly uh, going after them with low hanging fruit rather than having a more nuanced take on it. And maybe down the road, there's more, uh, maybe some inner more exploration from McKay will force him to go a little farther, a little deeper into some of these parodies. We shall see. Um, let's move over to the Oscar nominee nominations for this one. It is nominated for best picture of the year, best achievement in film editing, best score for Nicholas Bertel score and uh, best original screenplay by Adam McKay and David Sirota doing the story. So do you think that it has a chance to win any of these, Steve, uh, at all? No, um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it has a chance. I mean, I definitely don't think it has a chance to win Best Picture. Right. I think, no. and and if it does, I mean, and you know, oh. you and I both don't have a lot of faith in the Oscars, so no, right, right. anything could happen. Um, but I'll tell you where I definitely don't think it should win, and that is editing, because mm. and okay. this is where you know I've said You're it's really yeah. hard. Well, it's really hard to talk about editing, but sensing that the film is drifting and yeah. understanding what is interesting and sensing how to frame these characters in a way to keep them involved, that is what editing is. Yeah. And there was definitely thing choices made in post that, that I believe didn't work. And I'm not talking about moment to moment, shot to shot. I'm talking yeah. about structure. I'm talking about, you know, the, the you know, because one of the things you do when you're editing is you go, oh, I need to, this character is not so likable or it's slowing down on the middle part or it's unclear in this or this small story is actually way more interesting yeah. and you follow those things. And that's what I think this movie doesn't do. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, when you, you mentioned earlier, um, Dr. Strangelove, when you look at all the characters in Dr. Strangelove, yes, they're kind of silly in certain moments, but you understand why they believe the things that they believe. It makes sense to you. You can actually create space to see the serious foundation of why they believe the things they believe and then the insane actions that it causes them to do yes. in the movie. I don't think we have that here. And there's right. phenomenal performances throughout, as Steve has mentioned, I've mentioned, but there isn't that sense of reality underneath the parody that you need for the parody to really work and hit home. You know, there's no moment of Meryl Streep where you believe that that's a human being under there. And and there's no more. And that and that ending where, oh, she gets killed by the thing. I, I thought that joke was, was oh, terrible, 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 absolutely terrible. Yeah. Well, in the same which I didn't actually know that there was a final post credit. Oh, thing. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which I only knew because I looked on Wikipedia and I saw it and then I went and watched it weeks later. Um, I think it's really stupid. Yeah. Just, just yeah. absolutely dumb. And, and so yeah. it's just like, that's, yeah, man, you were hoping for something more, uh, but it isn't quite there. And I agree with Steve. I don't think it has any chance to win any of the uh, Academy Awards it's nominated for, except for maybe screenplay, maybe, but I just don't believe that it will win anything. So unfortunately, that's, that's our two cents on it. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our talk here on Don't Look Up, this uh, film that's nominated for Best Picture here at the oscars uh steve uh, thanks so much for joining me yet again we've got a few more of these to do before we hit that sunday ceremony uh how uh, can people find you and everything going on please pitch away sr morris on twitter sr morris one on instagram enterprise incidents for all your star trek needs and of course the cinephiles where we're in the midst of the season of lee that's right we should have part three coming out and the final part hopefully of do the right thing this 
week on Friday or Saturday, depending on the editing situation and how much <laughs> we talk today. We shall see. Uh, as for me, you can follow me at the Roku says on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch. And yeah, the new Geek Buddies episode is out now. We have our Oscars predictions and what we are go- and if uh, the bets that we have, we have a caveat going on. There's bets going on. If Mikey loses, he has to do something oh. requested by me and Shannon. If I lose, I have to do something requested by him and Shannon. And Shannon, if he loses, he has to do something requested by me and Mikey. So these are the this is the game that we're playing with the Oscars <laughs> this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see for sure. So watch that episode or listen to that episode wherever you download uh, podcasts on the Outlaw Nation on the Geek Buddy stream, rather. All right, all right, thanks everybody. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back tomorrow with another new uh, episode here in the Oscars series, profiling yet another Best Picture contender, and we'll talk to you then. Take care. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>